The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is Break the Business, where we empower indie creators and have some fun along the way. I am Lauren Corella, and it is a pleasure to have you here with us this week. Who's not here with us this week is Ryan, and he is at home and not feeling well, and the bright lights are very bothersome, so the lights of the studio are not his friend right now. But who we do have with us this week is our guest host, Gideon King, and our guest after the break is going to be Frankie Ray, and we are very excited to have her on, and she's going to be playing her new single for us, so we're very excited about that. But without further ado, let me bring in my partner in crime for today, Gideon. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm ready to commit some crime. Uh Uh-oh. We got to watch out for you sometimes. Let's do it. Let's do it. You were telling me before the show about a a documentary or a movie that you just watched that you wanted to recommend. I figured I might as well get that out before I forget. Yes. So the other day, my wife forced me to watch a documentary. Um, Forced you? Yeah, she forced me. And uh, so I sat down like a good boy. Mm -hmm. And and we watched this documentary called Squaring the Circle. Um, And it, it was amazing, actually. It was about the artists who built hypnosis which was the firm, the art firm, if you want to call it that, or art studio, really, that did all of the iconic album covers, like the Pink Floyd cover, um, you know, with the prism and the light going through the mm-hmm, prism, mm-hmm. and then also, you know, the, the flying pig. And there were all these amazing interviews with, with the guys from Pink Floyd and Robert Plant and Paul McCartney. And it was just, um, it was just such an unbelievably strange reminder how different the visual aspect is for musicians and music and the output of music than it was literally 30 years ago when artists put out music and along with the music went a few really meaningful visual images as opposed to putting out music now where the artist is compelled to release a video and post 460 inane things on Instagram. Um, and it, it was just a super weighty documentary. So for anybody who's still listening to me talk right now, um, probably not, you probably fell asleep. Um, I would say, check out this documentary squaring the circle. It's just, it was just literally beautifully made. Squaring the circle. I'm going to have to check that out. I will say our listeners are listening to you because (laughs) they have asked for more of you, actually, Ah, if you could speak louder, because uh, we are having guests saying to us, you're in your backstage voice and we need projected show volume. Here we go. Sorry. How about this? Is this good? I I hear you a little better now. Squaring the circle. Please watch Squaring (laughs) the Circle. My wife forced me to watch it, and therefore I commend you all to watch it. This episode brought to you by... Exactly. It's over, baby. It's done. Oh, no. I need to watch more documentaries. So what do you think about that piece? We've got a lot of visuals when the music turned into music videos and, say, moving pictures. Do you think we've moved away from visual art as in like having painters, photographers, um, graphic designers making the still images that went along with the music? Is that something you miss? I mean, I can honestly tell you that I speak to music managers. I won't say who, but they literally say like, who cares about the album art? It's a tiny little, Hmm. you know, visual blip on Spotify in a little square that nobody pays attention to. I care about it a lot. Okay, it means a lot to me, but I think it's lost its singular sort of importance in transmitting the true vibe and the true nature of the artist and turned into like a series 
of sort of more fleeting visual expressions that go along with sort of making up sort of an image for the artist, a bunch of Instagram posts, a music video, and it's not this like singular deep expression. Now it's like, let me just sort of post lots of Instagram stuff, have a music video, and and just, it's almost like, to be honest, the way I really feel is, it's awful. I just think it's like a, I just think it's like a race to the artistic bottom, but I don't want to be a real bummer so everybody leaves the show. Yeah, to have a music video. I mean, well, not yet anyway. We're going to have videos on our t-shirts shortly. Right. Right, but right. I, I think about that Pink Floyd album that, you're, yeah, that you were talking about and things like that, and I... I have a t-shirt in my drawer right now with that image on it. And so to think that even the managers and the labels that we all, especially here on this show, like to say, aren't necessarily looking out for the best interest of their artists um, are, are kind of missing something because it's a, it's a marketing point. It's something that lives on past the fleeting moment of flipping through 30 seconds of of video clips. I mean, Lauren, there's still kids. My, I mean, there's still kids wearing the Rolling Stone T-shirt with the tongue hanging out. You know what I mean? I walk down the street and I see 15-year-olds wearing the Pink Floyd T-shirt. Yeah. And yeah. And yes, we will see people wearing an Eros tour or Eros, however I keep getting corrected. No matter how I pronounce it, I get corrected. <laughs> but but like like you know, we see people wearing those T-shirts. But there was something about that early artwork that honestly. I, I think it was iconic artwork that stood alone in the realm of art as as beautiful expressions away from the music as well. And so it was just really cool. And um, I don't know. I think we've sort of we're kind of losing that depth. You know, it's a little it's a little bit sad. What about visual art in general? Do you think we're losing uh, appreciation for visual artists that are not in a moving form, um, not just on album covers. I mean, we talk about all indie artists here. Do you think that there's less demand for that kind of material or less collaboration between the art forms? I think, well, that was a lot of questions. I got deep here, huh? (laughs) Yeah, but I think, I mean, I think that when we think about visual art, actually what's happened is the same thing that's happened in music we're too tolerant Mm. of too many people not really knowing what they're doing, releasing too much dog. (laughs) Um, And I know this is a family show and, and listen, Ryan's not here. He can't correct my bad language. So like, well, right. Well, while the cat is gone, the mice will play. Um, So, so, so um, I think that's a problem. Um, And, and I, you know, I just think that like, you know, if you're a musician, you got to be able to, you know, you got to kind of know what triads are. And if you're an artist, no matter how avant-garde your stuff is, it would be cool if you could paint. It would be cool if you sort of had some basics down. And I just think like, we're almost just getting too tolerant. Like we're okay with people pretty much just going on stage with a laptop. Um, and, and that doesn't mean they're not. Some of them and, are really good at it. Yeah. And some of them are amazing <laughs> and some of them are great artists, but I don't know. It would be cool. And listen, that's why people still, love the jam band scene and, and love to see real people play interest in, you know, real instruments. As, as Prince said in, a, in an interview a long time ago, people like to see real musicians with real mics with the microphones on. Yeah. I mean, that sort of didn't answer your question, but it kind of did. Uh, it was a tweener. Daniel Neruda writes, and uh, this is reminding me of the musical Xanadu, which is oh, one yeah. of my favorites. I loved Xanadu. I'm picturing totally. that image of the like, Totally. rock and roll band coming in and meshing totally. with the other band and the stages <laughs> coming together. Yeah. I think collaboration is so important. And I think that when artists find ways to connect the best album art and things like that you're talking about is when the fan of the art reaches out, uh, you know, the yeah. musician who goes, Oh, I loved your work. I would love to put your work on my album cover, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and people do remember it it does stick with them they can hear music in their head but when they can see something that goes with that i think it has a lot of value so i i will have to check out that documentary and um 
and advocate for it. But I, I do hope we don't lose that. That would be kind of sad to me. Yeah. No, I agree. Squaring the circle. Yeah, it's so good. Check Squaring it out. Squaring the circle. All right. Yeah, yeah. I will have yeah, yeah. to check that out. Yeah. There was another thing I wanted to ask you, Gideon. Um, last week, we had Jason Davis on the show who basically said that the pain of his childhood was the source of his creativity mm. and that he was unable to create once he became happier in his life. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> as weird as it says, you know, how, how do you stay inspired to songwrite and, and do you need sadness? Is, is pain necessary? So that is, I mean, right. We're getting to the art and pain discussion and, and li listen, age old question, right? Right. Like, listen, <laughs> there is absolutely no question. Okay. That pain and the, the, the output of worthy art are inextricably intertwined, right? Like, like we, we, and madness, actually, not just pain, but madness, right? If you don't think Michelangelo sitting up, 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 on, that, up on that ceiling for however many days, I mean, that was an act of madness, the Sistine Chapel. So, so there's no doubt that pain and madness and art are very good friends. <laughs> on the other hand, um, I would say that there is an antidote to that sort of sad realization that or that there's an antidote to that negative dynamic um of pain needing to be there for good art to be made and i would say it's it's a couple of antidotes one you can always tell stories and you can always go outside the the incessant focus on the self and tell a story if you listen to some of the i mean you know uh, the other day, I was, I was I was just hanging out um, in my living room, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers were literally playing a few hundred yards away in Central Park. And I was listening to their lyrics because they were literally blaring through my window while I was trying to sleep. And they were telling stories. Young tuck girl, you know, you know in a push-up bra. They were making these sort of like these images, you know, L.A. images. And they were telling stories. And some of those stories were born out of their pain. But some of them were born of a genuine curiosity in otherness and other people's journey. And so one antidote would be to dive in to something other than ourself. Um, and another antidote for me would be to see other things, um, travel, um, you know, e experience other cultures and, and listen and listen to all the funny, crazy things that people say and do. And again, that's another sort of form of, of finding a, an otherness pathway to, to explore. But I don't blame your other guest for saying that pain leads to good art. Um, but here's the good news. As you know, Kant said, or we look at any of the early philosophers, like Kant said, the criterion for happiness is so infinite that we'll never freaking be happy. So you can tell your other guests that that he may be experiencing some happiness, but don't worry, it's fleeting. Um, oh, and, it'll, no! and, it, and it'll be and it'll be over soon. If you listen to any of the great philosophers from <laughs> Aristotle to Kant, you'll realize that your little happiness that you're experiencing now will soon go away like a virus. Um, so I guess what I would say is uh, there's there's antidotes. And then, of course, unhappiness will always we will always be climbing some kind of mountain. Um, but yeah, man. I've experienced that when things mellow out and things are kind of good and I'm kind of enjoying every day and, you know, watching the morning show, okay, or the <laughs> crown on Netflix, okay, I'm just hanging out. That doesn't lead to great art, but when you suffer, it does. So I think it's a mixture of all those things. I just don't think I would go so far as to say we literally, that it's there's a- necessary, right? Yeah, that there, there's this tight correlation between the phenomena of being content and the phenomena of, 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 of creating art, if you will. So I was thinking recently about, you know, when people are suffering and they're in pain and they're mm -hmm. struggling, um, they often perceive that that is unwelcome in the world. There aren't mm -hmm. a lot of people who want to tolerate their, their mm -hmm. suffering or their ranting or their right. woe is meing. <laughs> and by turning it into something dare I say beautiful, because sometimes it's very deep and mm -hmm. not necessarily perceived as beautiful, but turning it into art is uh, 
a, a way of expression that people aren't shunning. So yeah. there's a, as opposed to needing the pain to express it, you need that art to get through the pain oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's not welcome in other forms. Yeah. Or, so, even, or even Lauren put a different way that's almost like a corollary to what you're saying. Pain is kind of expressing your pain through art is sort of an acceptable form of complaining. Right, is, exactly. It's is, like I don't want to listen it, to you, it, but right. you make it, and they go, "Oh, I'll right. listen to that." Right. I don't. I don't want to hear that you and your your boyfriend or your girlfriend had another fight because, like, I just can't get into it right now. But if you write a really good song about it, that also awakens some of my other senses. I will let you into society as something other than a pariah. Well, and people then on the other end of it are searching for it when they are in pain and suffering and feel mm -hmm. like nobody understands them, wants to listen to them and cares, they can reach out to those art forms and go, oh, I'm not alone yeah. or, oh, yeah. I can feel this. And and so there's a a safe space mm -hmm. in artistic as long as mm -hmm. we actually have the safe space to create I mean, I'm, that exists. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking of two lyrics right now. I'm thinking of the beginning to All Along the Watchtower where, you know, he wrote, you know, there must be some kind of way out of here. Um, and that's an incredible expression of madness and pain. And then, you know, I'm thinking of the Neil Young song, Old Man, uh, take a look at your life. It's a lot like mine. And it's it really is joining pain with the outside world and making it relatable and sort of going to sort of going to what what you're talking about. Uh, I didn't think uh, you'd go, by the way. I didn't think you'd go this dark on this show, Lauren. Like what? Like, is it because it's Halloween? It's like, dark. What, so I October mean, started. Those of yeah. you who were with us last what October, hell, I'm officially man? back in the yeah. spider webs because right. it's, uh, it's that yeah. time. But yeah, it's right. time to right. get dark and creepy. Right. Uh, one of our listeners just wrote in that emotion is needed for art and pain can be a part of that. But life is also needed and joy is needed. And uh, I man. think that most yeah. people who write about pain are writing in hopes of finding their way out yeah. of it and not in sitting in it and not finding their way yeah. out. How about it. Stevie Wonder? For once in my life, I found someone who, and your, your, your guest whose name I'm not seeing, but your guest is pointing to, I mean, that's a, that is like an expression of like joy of real connectedness that Stevie Wonder was sending out there. And that's exactly what your guest to me is, is sort of, you know, highlighting in a way, in a way. Yeah. Our guest, Jason Davis from last week, he he is not currently creating the art himself, but what he does do and what is wonderful is he's working with others who mm -hmm. need to or have been hugely benefited by finding that art form to get through mm -hmm. their struggles. Mm -hmm. And he uses his pain and his experiences mm -hmm. to help others learn to get through it by creating. So I think that it's, he sees the value in the art form, but it was interesting to hear him say, but once I got to a place where I didn't feel like I was suffering at all times, mm -hmm. I also feel like that need to create was gone. Yeah. yeah and yeah. that's an interesting thought because it is. It's scary. I'm right now in a period to Jason's point. I'm in a period right now where I cannot seem. Like I've, I have 40 or 50 songs right out on Spotify and like I cannot seem to write a song right now. And I, I just don't know. I don't know what the hell is going on. I keep starting songs and then just like ending up like eating a cookie in the kitchen. You know, you started and, working with us at Break the Business and there's just me. so much right. joy in your life You've, that you just can't create you anymore. And Ryan have killed my art. <laughs> That's because you have somebody you? who will listen. And now, you know, <laughs> Maybe, it's just you. <laughs> Totally, oh no, totally. that's terrible. Well, hopefully you'll get back to creating very, very, I'm, very I'm soon. Working. I got to get sad. <laughs> One of the creators, as we talk about, you know, finding things outside of ourselves, um, Ed Sheeran has just released uh, a new album and he's officially one of us now. He's, he's an indie creator. He's uh, released an album on uh, Gingerbread Man Records, which is his own independent label. So he has uh, released an album. He has said he will not be releasing any singles and will not be releasing any music videos. He put together his music and he put it out. And he said that he had done it um, not just with his stories, but with his friends' stories, which, yes, totally. again, pulling from other people's lives, which was interesting. He said, you know, we all went through 
a lot of things in a year and it wasn't his relationships and breakups. It was listening to his friends relationships and breakups and it was mm -hmm. his friends going through things and doing things. And so if you have that ability to write, there's value in yes, writing your experiences, mm -hmm. but also mm -hmm. being able to be a storyteller and tell your stories and the stories of others whose lives you interact with, mm -hmm. because that's what we do. We tell mm -hmm. stories, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this thing that Ed Sheeran did is super interesting and important. And listen, I've, I've sort of mentioned it to some people and some people are like, well, Ed Sheeran can do anything once you're famous, you know, whatever, mm. you know, Taylor Swift, LeBron James, Ed Sheeran, they could do whatever they want. But actually <laughs> what Ed Sheeran is doing, I think, is sort of pioneering in, in a weird way and is retro in a pioneering way. And here's why. Because... When you look at artists now, and not all of them, of course, it is, it's just a single, and maybe mm -hmm. that single is a collaboration with two or three other artists, and these singles have become like business cards, mm -hmm. and, and each business card has to be a little shinier and a little thicker than the last business card, which with a deeper type, and, 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 and make a bigger splash in its own way but they're not thematic. They're not mm -hmm. thematic expressions the way that albums are. And again, by the way, bringing up the Chili Peppers again, you know, I was just lying in my bed listening to that whole album, you know, come blaring through my window. And I was thinking this is a thematic expression about something. And, and so when Ed Sheeran says, I don't want to do singles anymore, He's really saying, I think, and it's not like Ed and I are good friends, so I can't be sure about this. He doesn't call me back anymore. That's a lie. I've never spoken to him. Um, but but, um, but it's I, what I think he's sort of saying is like, it would be nice if the world demanded of artists and the and artists demanded of themselves thematic explorations. Um, and so I think, you know, um, look, Ryan, it's clear, loves Taylor Swift. But here I'm expressing my love for 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 Ed Sheeran, okay? <laughs> and so I'm going to express my love for Ed Sheeran because I think he is saying something important. Like, come on, folks! Like, let's get serious, and and not just bang out these these like these hyped up little, you know, sort of utterances that are that are singles. And I don't know if we'll ever go back to these kinds of thematic albums. I don't know if the system and music listeners and labels will even tolerate it. But it is beautiful. When someone, when, when an artist comes up with a full thematic, holistic expression and each song isn't quote unquote just a hit in and of itself, right. but it is part of a gigantic impact that an album is making. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? Well, there was a lot of pressure on him, I think, you know, 12, 13 years, whatever it was right, as right. a label artist to be this big star. It, he lost, like you're saying, that storytelling kind of perspective. He he's totally. it, it was all about if you don't make a big hit in the first week of a launch, it it meant that you weren't doing things right. That yeah. there was this huge pressure upon him, and yeah. and all of these you need to this, and you need to yeah, this, yeah. and you need yeah. to this. And I think he he said, and part of me goes, why? Right. You know, right. in the interview, it was right. like part of me goes, why? And he said, uh, let me see, I have a note here he said uh everything has to be the biggest and the best every time yeah, and totally. then better the next time uh that's ed sheeran speaking he said i think that's part of the independent thing that takes away the pressure there are no expectations because there's no company you right. have to live with it you have to be like i don't care what people think right, right. and i i think he you know you say a lot by saying i don't care what people think but I'm going to put out my stories my way. I'm going right. to release them the way I want you right. to hear them and not necessarily the way I'm being told by yeah. all of the people in the world I need to do yeah. it. He's divesting himself because he can. Again, he's Ed Sheeran, but he's but <laughs> but he's de, but he's de, he's divesting himself of the corporatized, I don't know if there's such a word, but the corporatized element of music release and production and saying let me just let me just try and make some good music that hangs together all of it. And the other thing that's cool and that he said, and I did I did read something, some article or something about this, um, is he sort of said, like, I don't want to do a bunch of music videos and Instagram really like I just actually want to write some songs 
and have them tell a story. It's a very kind of, um, you know, retro, simple, honest approach that appeals to me. But, yeah. um, you know, who cares if it appeals to me? I, I don't know what that means. But 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 it's a really it's a very kind of organic thing that he's doing. Um, so I, I thought I thought that whole thing was cool. Well, and you know, here on Break the Business, we like to empower the indie creators and we like to remind yeah. people that yeah, totally. you don't have to strive for the record contract to, to satisfy yourself or to make a name for yourself. Yeah, make totally. your own label, yeah. release things, study, research, watch the people and, and watching Taylor Swift go independent, watching Ed Sheeran mm -hmm. go independent. If we're watching these people that we see having success only because of having gone through the record mm -hmm. label saying this isn't the world I want to live in anymore mm -hmm. is is saying a lot and hopefully in time will empower more indie creators to sure. to see that they can do things their own way and and, and, uh, and by the way I like that and slightly beating a dead horse here, but like, look at Adele, look at Adele, right? She has her albums that are associated with, you know, 21 years old, 25, whatever. Right. But, but each one of them is a full expression and sort of discussing a period of her life and so on. And they, let's be honest, the, the totality of her work has more gravitas and weight because she's done that instead of saying, Ooh, I'm releasing another single. And this time it's with, you know, Drake. And the next time it's with, you know, whoever. And, and it, you know, it, it seems earnest as opposed to like, again, a series of business cards, which she's kind of mm -hmm. throwing, throwing at us as we walk down the street, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. And when we come back from the break, we're going to be talking with another indie artist who has been cool. doing things her way and uh, hear how she's figured out a way to make success without having to go through the big record labels and everything else. So when we come back, we're excited to speak with Frankie Ray. And for now, we're going to take a short break and we will be right back here on Break the Business. Cool. Ryan Carella here. I hope you're enjoying the show, and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you. A lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program, and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. My firm RKPA does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Corella, PA, Miami, Florida. Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life. Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R, and you can follow the show at The BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. We're glad to have you here, however you're taking us in on Facebook or Twitch or Twitter or X or wherever you are. If you're visiting us on our XM radio home, Slam Radio 145, however you are taking us in, we are glad to have you here. Gideon, you holding up all right here without Ryan? I mean, I just hope he feels better, but I think oh, I this, is, this is a good opportunity for us to talk behind his back, I think. Don't you think we should? I guess. I think I, I should say um, out to all the listeners, uh, if you have yeah. any questions or if you'd like to send get well <laughs> soon emails, you can send them to breakthebusiness at gmail.com. I really hope we get him back here next week because uh, I just rant and rave and everybody's going to be over that real fast. Um <laughs> 
But without further ado, I would like to bring in our guest this week is a Florida-based singer-songwriter who recently made her New York City debut at the bitter end as part of the New York Songwriters Circle Initiative. She'll be back there again this November on November 6th. Our guest is also making her acting debut on the adventure podcast, The Boar's Night, and her latest single, Foot in Mouth, is available now. Find out more by visiting www.frankieray.com. We are happy to welcome Frankie Ray back on to Break the Business. Hey, Frankie Ray, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys? Good. Oh, well, back. we're surviving. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Last time back. we had you here, it was uh, audio only, so our, our yeah. audience gets to see your face this I time. I know. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and I wanted to thank you for doing our telethon with us back at the beginning of COVID when everything yes. was chaotic. You were one of our people. I don't oh, know if you're God. aware of this, but we have our 400th episode coming up soon in November as well. Oh, so cool. we're going to have to, we're doing something. I know now that Ryan's not here, I feel like we need to like get together and figure out what we're going to do for that. I don't know what I'm it's going to be yet, but we, we should do something big and bring back a bunch of our uh, musician friends yeah, and see if I'd we can get, get them to something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was looking at your performing schedule and Florida is not an easy market to work in. Your October gig schedule, you've got like 26 <laughs> gigs lined up this month and it's all over the place. It's not all in one place and it's a super diverse set of venues. How do you do it? Well, it's kind of cool because my area in Florida is kind of unique because it's very touristy. You know, I'm writing kind of Clearwater Beach, St. Pete Beach, Tampa, um, and especially since the pandemic, you know, a lot of people did move down to Florida. So I think we just, I don't know, a lot of the artists are trying to keep up because there are so many venues now that say, we want music now, we want to do a brunch, we want late night, we want, you know, so a lot of places are just kind of wanting to cater to the the tourists in the area. So that's kind of how I do it. You know, I've, I've been in the area for a while, so I kind of have a good relationship with a lot of the venues and the local musicians so I just kind of network <laughs> it's kind of like a whole it's a whole system you know are you driving back and forth to home in the middle of the night or are you having to crash at hotels or in a, a bus or the back of your car? <laughs> well, I, I used to. So the last time I was on the podcast, I was playing a lot um, way down south. I'm in the Clearwater area, but I was playing down in, you know, Fort Myers, Sarasota. So back when I used to play down there a lot, there was a lot of just late night travel and hotels. But luckily, I live really close to Clearwater Beach now. And luckily, I've kind of developed a relationship with a lot of the venues there. So I play a lot kind of in my area now. So it's kind of nice, you know, and it, it allows me to do things like, you know, take some time off to go play in New York or, you know, Texas or go to NAM in California. So it's it's kind of cool. It's a nice little nice Oh, I little miss thing. NAM. That's, yes, that's a great that energy fun? of so many <laughs> artistic people coming together. It's, you know, you oh, need to recover after it. But yeah, I know. Exactly. I know. <laughs> You're like, I'm not even part of the drum circle, but I just have to stand up here on the balcony and watch them. I know. And just hearing like the noise of... in the convention for days. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. oh, what a great, wonderful. So when you were at NAM, were you an artist playing? at at Namora yeah Spectator yeah so wandering. I the, the first couple years I went uh, well the first year I went I was just kind of like helping out with the company that uh, my drummer and I worked for Sunburst Gear so mm -hmm. we were just kind of there for a couple of days helping them and then the past two times that I went we actually were able to get a showcase we played at the Yamaha booth and then we also got to book some shows kind of outside of the convention we played at the um the Hard Rock Cafe at um at Disneyland and Anaheim. And then we also played at the fifth in Anaheim by Disneyland too. So that oh was pretty my cool. Gosh, how much yeah. fun. Yeah. And now yeah. House are of Blues all of is these... what I meant, not Hard Rock. <laughs> House of Blues is what I played. Yeah. <laughs> hard Rock is next. We just gonna get them on the phone. Hey, how you doing? Do, I do play the Hard Rock here. So in Tampa, that's why I got confused. So many of and are most of these gigs just coming from networking and getting yourself out there? Do you have advice on how to book that many gigs at, well, at one time? Much... Yeah, like, so I kind of started doing this years ago where I was just kind of like guerrilla warfare booking, just like all the like, you know, sending out like hundreds and hundreds of just texts and emails and everything. And 
you know, eventually I started getting responses and then you just kind of build a relationship going to open mics, meeting other musicians. And, you know, there's, like I said, so many places around here now that want music and there's always a musician who's, you know, either not feeling well or needs a fill in or whatever. So it's, it was kind of just something I started years ago. And at this point, you know, I've worked with so many different booking agencies and different venues that, you know, I'm one of the people they call if they need a fill in me and many other people in the area. There's a lot of really good. Oh, trust me. Here. They like having you guys. I, I've, oh. I've gotten those calls before. I'm like, Ooh, um, yeah. saving people get you a lot more gigs in the future. Cause yes, they like sure. you there. <laughs> so tell us about making your New York city debut at the bitter end. Uh, what is yeah. this New York songwriter oh. circle initiative? Oh man, it's so cool. I mean, it's, they've discovered art, like Nora Jones played at this many times, Gavin DeGraw, uh, you know, just so many great artists have played there throughout the years. And I luckily was able to, you know, I submitted my music. I was luckily able to get in uh, this past April and it was my first time in New York City and I played and it was great. I know my first time in New York City, it was just the best time and my family all drove in and it was a kind of like a family reunion up there. Um, so I played and then they invited me back for November. So I'm kind of- Gideon, you've played at the better end as well, cool. right? You guys can- Yeah, uh... cool. I've, played, I've played there a lot. It's It really does, like you go to certain venues, you know, and it's like, you go to the Blue Note in New York and I played at the Blue Note and I love it okay. and it's cool and it's iconic. But it it's sort of like it doesn't feel the same as the bitter end. The bitter end is is just dripping yeah. with like every artist that's ever played there. And like you, you feel can, it when you, you feel it. like yeah. you you, yeah. you feel like you can still smell like you know Bob Dylan's sweat you know on the floor. Yeah. And so yeah. it really it it is that. And Paul, the owner, is a we he's a super nice man. I play there you know I play there a lot over the years mm -hmm. and he's a, he's a lo he's a lovely guy. I have a question for Frankie when you're ready. Laura. Yeah, go. All right, yeah. so today is, well, I'm going to look at my iPhone, you guys ready? Here we go. Today is, today <laughs> October is October 4th. Today is October 4th. I don't want to, I don't want to screw up the date. October 4th, 2023, right? Yeah. So like, if you're back on this show in two years, mm -hmm. right, long after I've been fired, um, <laughs> do, do you, do you, um, what would like, what would you say is, would, what would it take to make you say, this thing went the way I wanted it to go. This was success. You know, is it a number of fans? Is it a number of streams? Is it a, the quotient of your enjoyment? Like, what is what does success in your mind truly look like? And I, I could tell you, I asked the question, mm -hmm. not like rhetorically, meaning like, I don't know what the answer is. My band is growing never as fast as I want. Okay. And it's so, it's so like, I'm not sure what success is or, yeah. or looks like I'm getting certain festival gigs that I never got. And then it's like, okay, I'm really disappointed that this one song I just released is like, nobody gives a shit. So, yeah. so I guess what, you know, what, what, what success, what is success for, for, for you? Success for me and listening to your guys' Ed Sheeran conversation that kind of goes along with this. I think success yeah. for me in two years, it's not about the followers it's really not because I'm kind of seeing that followers are kind of just, you know, you could have, you could have 15,000 followers, but can you bring those 15,000 people to a show? So are they going to actually come to a show or are you only going to have like 30 people who so already true. know you anyway and already love right. you anyway? So that's right. like so far out of my mind, you know, success for me would be, you know, making enough, being able to continue making albums that I'm really proud of mm -hmm. and quality fans not quantity even if it's you know maybe mm -hmm. only 50 people who come out to see me and i get to perform my original music for those 50 mm -hmm. people that's what i care about it's not releasing a single and getting you know a million streams and then it's like in two months they forget about you because that's totally. all it is now it's like just quick and you know and i've said this to people and they say oh don't you want to be rich and don't and it's like oh gosh honey <laughs> getting a bunch of streams on spotify it's like so far from being rich yeah. like you have the little yeah, right. you have the taylor right. swifts and the ed sheerans right but yeah. then you have like billions of other artists who are just as good working just as hard if not even harder who don't have as many resources who don't have money you know maybe that you know i see these stories of you know these young stars and it's like well, well then her parents took her out of school so they could homeschool her so they could focus on her career and it's like my mom was a single mom she wasn't gonna 
<laughs> quit her job so she, she could didn't magically have time yeah yeah she's like honey I don't I mean maybe we can get voice lessons I don't know but you know what I mean so it's like I I see that and it's there's so much business and like politics behind the scenes of these celebrities and stars and successful people that you see and that's why I'm not you know interested in trying out for the voice or right, or right. anything like that you know I've talked to people who have gotten pretty far on the voice and they've gotten a record deal and they've recorded their music and now it's shelved and they can't even mm-hmm. and it's like it really kind of it's always irked me because it's like you have these big wigs at the top who maybe they've never even written a song in their lives but they're choosing who gets to be successful and who doesn't right. so the, the word success yeah and really in the meantime individual yeah yeah in the meantime they might take away their ability to perform which is yeah. what they got in it for it's exactly. like it's bigger than just shelving the album it's like yeah. you, you if they You're getting out trouble. there. You've got what, what is, 26 yeah. gigs this month? And it's like their song that they yeah. wrote. That's right. what just hurts and, and the me. thing is that like, that's a, that's like a psychologically healthy answer because it's it's you. not just that I agree with you, but it's also like a way to survive what is a business that throws a lot of no's and disappointments at you. And I, I'm with you. Like I, I'm at a point where it's like I just want to have a big footprint of music that yeah. we lay, that me and my band laid down over the years so that like mm-hmm. when I, right before I die, I can say, Hey, we had a, we had a meaningful creative imprint out there. Yeah, so I, to me, that's like, it. that's not only like, to me, like a good, like an, in, like a, a health, it's a great answer, but it's also Thank like you. a very like Darwinian answer. Like you can really survive. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking that way, you're going to survive. Yeah. As dark as dark as that sounds, but you know what I mean. No, yeah, I no. know exactly what you mean. You you <laughs> yeah. have to. You have to. Just like what you guys said earlier, you have to just accept that. Like I think what you were saying, Ed Sheeran was saying, "Well, why do I have to? Why does everything why? have to be yeah. this big hit?" And I always I've said this too to people. Like, well, says who? Like who, <laughs> who says this? Who who made these rules? Yeah. What back yeah. in like when record labels first started and they saw how much money they could make off of their artists? It yeah. goes back there. You know, I don't really want to be a part of that. <laughs> so to take it to that dark place and then beyond, like, what was the pandemic like for you? Because I, I imagine someone who performs live as much as you do would have had a really difficult transition to the shutdown. Like, I really talked to a lot of artists now. Yeah, it kind of got to me mentally because like every day I woke up and I'm like, oh my gosh, it kind of kind of had to remind me like because for so long, all I was doing was just gig, 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 focusing on it. I was never home. I was always go, go, go. And I thought I really liked that life. And then with the pandemic, you know, it's just silence and still. And I just, you know, it kind of got to me a little bit. But so I started writing music. Um and then my my voice felt better, my hands felt better, my body felt better because I wasn't going all the time. And after a couple months, I kind of started to just be okay with it. Um, and here in Florida, we had a lot of restaurants that were doing live streams from the restaurant. So that was kind of cool. You know, there was no one in there and it was just me by myself in front of a computer for the restaurant while they're doing takeout. Um, <laughs> it's a different yeah, feedback though. Like, I know, you I know. feel your kinda, audience, right? Yeah, it was kind of different, but, um, you know, but luckily my, my song Theodora, we released that during the pandemic. My roommate, you know, had his little home studio set up and then my boyfriend played bass and it was really cool. So we released a song during that time. So we just tried to make the best of it. We made a bunch of goofy videos, played around with GarageBand, and just really tried to appreciate, like, hey, we can just make music right here at home. Glad to yeah. hear you did that. Yeah, and I'm we glad to... we're back to being able to perform know, live or at goodness. least working our way back to having venues open and accepting yes. live artists. That's great. Wait, wait, we got to slow down. I, oh. hope you're pa- I hope you're paying your boyfriend well for his <laughs> yes oh, we're yes. not going to get into their personal <laughs> payment spectrum that's not, a whole other i'm going to have a real do. problem with that we do mm-hmm. no right, cool. sorry lauren i, I just i needed to stop us i wanted to make sure she's paying her bow fair fair Absolutely. i'm just saying sometimes the payment scale is different for your bow <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but i'm not going to get this is a family friendly show yes so changing topics here mm-hmm. tell me about this acting debut for <laughs> the so podcast with the boars night and yeah. and you wrote a song for that too right yeah so um my brother back in the early 2000s was in a, a rock band called foxy shazam and they had some you know pretty good success and one of the bands that they toured with 
my brother is still in contact with this guy and he started writing this podcast with a friend years ago and it was this cool story so i guess one of the friends took it and really you know produced it and my brother was tasked with writing the song so he's actually the one who who kind of wrote it and then the writer of the podcast wrote the lyrics and then i just came in and sang the song so it was really cool because all i had to do was just sing what was already there so and then they i had dialogue to do i was dr comet chianina like it was cool i had never really i had acted in high school because i was in theater and everything but that's a whole different kind of you know you're on stage and everything's real big and you know but for this it was very subtle and it was fun it was fun having dialogue and getting to play around with different inflections because I don't know anything about acting I was never (laughs) that was not my thing like musical theater acting was different well and that's like voiceover acting too that's a little different than live stage that's all in your voice it's very it was cool but um the song was on there yeah my brother you know he produced recorded it he played all the instruments on that song he you know did all the everything except for vocals so so what's your character in that my what character, um, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm basically a, a, a cow from Earth who has somehow been plunged into the deep. Dark I love sea. children's entertainment. I'm like, yo, yeah. go, go. Yeah. So then all the sea creatures are like, who are you? And the cow is in this big bubble. It's kind of like SpongeBob SquarePants with Sandy in the bubble. You know, she's like, yeah. what is this underworld? So the whole point of the podcast is trying to get me back home to Earth. <laughs> back on or to land. Or yeah, to land. <laughs> Rody on Earth, but you know. But he doesn't know. He thinks it's another planet. He's like, where am I? So your latest single, Foot in Mouth, uh, yeah. it's about the music industry and, and it how is. it's changing, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, Foot in Mouth actually kind of goes with what we were talking about earlier and just um, being okay with where you're at and your own success and your own journey. That song was kind of me just saying like, Look, I don't, I don't know if I can produce hits for, you know, the world. I, I don't know what, where this can go, but I don't think I'm wasting my time because I'm doing what I love and I'm making music that I'm proud of. So if it's not getting me, you know, quote unquote famous or a star, I, I don't really think it's a waste of time. And I kind of talk about waiting for Godot. So I'm just like, is that what I'm doing? But I don't know, but I don't care. It's okay. I'm okay where I'm at in my journey. And I'm okay with playing at restaurants. And I'm okay with, you know, taking a few weeks here or there to travel and go play some cool show in New York. And maybe something will happen. Maybe something won't. But I'm I'm comfortable in my journey. I really am. Any so chance we about. can convince you to play that for us? Sure. Yeah. I would love that. I love it when we get, I fight so hard. I'm like, I want that artist to play. (laughs) I want to hear the music. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) All right. Let's. Can you hear that okay? I can. All right. Any minute now you pull away, misinterpret what I say. I never see anything right, and I feel the blank stare. So I tell myself that I don't care. I mean, what good does it do? And why? Never clear, I mean, what good 
does it do? In what am I trying to prove? So I'll just paint on my happy face and clown around waiting for who knows putting on a show. I'll never have to wonder where I'm going next. Cause I'd say anywhere is just as good as here. And maybe, just maybe, Mr. Godot will appear. Ooh, yeah, sure, it'll all work out. Ooh, yeah, sure, the light, the tunnel, the yada yada yada. Yeah, sure, slow and steady wins the race, but I mean, what's so That was Frankie oh, Ray playing you. her new single, Foot in Mouth. You can check her out apparently all over Central Florida. And she'll be back at the Bitter End in New York on November 6th. I want to uh, shout so out to Arrow in the comments. Hi, Arrow. <laughs> I sometimes stream on Twitch and he's always a mod who's on there. <laughs> Uh, he commented on your your thing that it's not about the followers. Yay! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Are, you talked about it. Your your true fans are the ones that that yes. you do it for, and the yeah. ones that really matter. And yeah, why would you we, do it to someone who hates it? <laughs> you know, like I don't know. Or just someone who frustrates you, really. Yeah. Let's just. They may enjoy it, but yeah. you have to enjoy them too. Exactly. Thank you so much, Ranky Ray, for Thank your you. time and for Thank being you, here man. on the show. Before we let you go, uh, the same question that we ask all our guests and you've had mm -hmm. to answer in the past. But once again, do you have any last tips for the indie creators out there to help them move their careers forward? I think practically speaking, make sure you're releasing quality like your photos, not an iPhone photo, or at least make you sure you edit that. If you release a single, really make sure, is this worth really? Like, does it sound like I just kind of, you know, threw it together and like, I don't care? You know, you can be unique and, and be, I, I just, quality, you know, make sure you, you put, you can tell when someone put time into something and when they just kind of threw it together. And here's my thing, you know, just really make sure you take time and try to put quality into your everything you do. Thank you. That's great advice. Uh, <laughs> where can everyone find you other than FrankieRay.com? The, the new album is released, I assume, everywhere they can download. Where, where can they find your stuff? So I'm on um, all the streaming platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, all that at Frankie Ray Music. Social media is all at Frankie Ray Music, except for X. That's at Frankie underscore Ray. Frankie Ray Music was taken. For and for our radio audience, <laughs> that's F-R-A-N-K-I-E-R-A-Y-E. Yes. So our <laughs> yes. visual people can see it scrolling, but for our sure. radio audience is going to be like, what do I type in? I don't <laughs> so yeah. we hope, uh, don't be a stranger. We hope to get Absolutely you back not. here real soon. And uh, hopefully we can figure out something for this episode 400 when it's coming up. But we've got to work ourselves into your busy schedule. Oh, I I'm mean, down. I'll make time for it. I promise. <laughs> I'll make time for it. This Thank you so much. Thank you, Ray. We'll Thank talk you. to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, you guys. Oh, that was fun, Gideon. That was awesome. She has We're great surviving. Time. She has great time and feel, 
she has great time and feel on the guitar. Absolutely. Uh, one of the notes before we let our audience go that Ryan wanted us to uh, to chat about, but we haven't really talked about. So we'll we'll let him take this on next week, hopefully. Uh, but he, you and I briefly had looked over this Supreme Court case uh, that came out um, for Florida in the essence of, for those of you not following the case, there's a, um, a case about uh, how long you can wait to file a claim on your copyright and ownership. And uh, it's, it's something like 20 years that this person, like it's, and the courts have gone back and forth between the, no, you have to do it within three years and 20 years. And, and just because we don't have you again next week, Gideon, and I'd love to get your two cents since you had some two cents on that. Is it dangerous to give that range or should people have the ability if they didn't know somebody imposed on their copyright and took their work? Yeah, I mean... I understand why there's some good legal and even moral arguments as to why someone finds out that a piece of artwork that they created two decades ago has been infringed and why they might say, well, if it's 2025 and I wrote this in 2005, um, and I've just discovered today that there is an infringement. Um, I can understand the legal and moral arguments, sort of, for why that person might be able to ask for damages going back a full 20 years. You know, every time the song is used again, it's in a sense re-infringed. Um, it's in a sense this multi-decade serial violations. Um, and so I get that, um, but, but, but I don't care. I think it's absurd <laughs> because, because I think it's scary should... to think about yeah. looking and, and going, I... Oh my gosh, somebody could come back to me 20 years later. For yeah. Something I think I there didn't... has to be like an awareness doctrine. And I just think that if you Lauren today infringe on one of my tunes, okay. On October 4th, 2023 that there should be a presumption that Gideon is aware enough of the ecosystem so that it doesn't take him two damn decades to figure out that someone that someone has picked his pocket. And right. I think we, ha we have to assume... And if it hasn't certain... broken you in 20 years, you know. <laughs> right. And so I just think that you have to, like, it's, it's like you got to balance equities in life. And, like, I just think that there should be a statute of limitations and there you should only be able to go back a few years for damages because you're going to open up the floodgates for more and more spurious demand letters and assertions and, and, and litigation. And I don't like, a, as in everything, I don't feel binary about this, but right. if you ask me to come down on one side of it, I would say, get real. Um, like, if you've been infringed, you ought to know about it within 15 years, 10 years, 20 years, and you kind of prejudice your rights to complain and bellyache over it if your work has been out there for that long and you just unbelievably so discover the damage to, you know, 20 years later. Now, I'm reducing this issue down. To, right. To, it's almost like what, what's the expression reduction ad absurdum, right? Like, yeah. like I'm, I'm reducing it down to like some some simple terms. And Ryan, if he were here, I think would probably cut this up for people a little more clearly. But man, that's why I, I'll, my, I'll my answer is get real. Yeah, 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 he I he's my legal advisor in terms right. of when I go, huh? He explains right. to me the why of things and the precedence right. of things and the, right. the legalese of things. And right. that's why we miss him terribly. And we oh, wish yeah. he was here because he does that. I I want to, on behalf of the uh, <laughs> Break the Business, say congratulations to the Writers Guild of America for oh, yeah. coming to. They have not released a lot of the information as to what exactly the details are going to be, but they're getting some rights and protecting themselves 
from some AI form and uh, protecting the writer's room and people being in there. So congratulations to uh, the Writers Guild of America for getting out of the strike in a way that they feel okay with. Um, our actors and SAG and AFTRA are still fighting. So pay attention to the picket lines, support those creators that are are struggling to get themselves heard and protected and get fair wages and uh, all of those wonderful things. So yes, the writers are, are back to work and we will have our, our talk shows and our, uh, our other shows that get just writers uh, back. And we hope to get our actors back soon. So we are standing with them and support uh, all of their work. I want to say thank you to you, Gideon King. I want to say thank you to our guest, Thanks. Frankie Ray. I want to say get well soon to uh, Ryan. And thank you, viewers and listeners, for being here with us this week, even though Ryan's not here. Uh, we hope to see you next week when we have our guest will be Sarah Barnett from Nashville's Brooklyn Bowl. I'm excited to hear all about that venue and what's going on there. So so uh, please tune in with us next week. And until then, have a great week. Bye.